Welcome to the Eye of Terror. Welcome everyone to our third episode. I'm George. And I'm Alec. And we play 40K. Great episode today. We yes. have an interview with veteran Warhammer player Arthur Shulsky. He's going to give us his side of the story of our first Warhammer game together, as well as his outlook on uh, the tournament scene and just all the things that he's seen in the many years he's been playing Warhammer. Then we have rumors. Yeah, all the rumors that we're reading on the on the uh, blogs and sites that you guys probably already know, but nonetheless, we'd like to point out a few and talk about them. And then finally, we'll get into a, a battle report uh, where my Astra Militarum took on Alex. Necrons. Yes, indeed. This is my second. This would be my second time playing Necrons. Yeah. Okay. We'll go over that in a second. Okay. So why don't we start off with the rumor section? Uh, an exciting rumor is coming up, uh, and that's that um, a Chaos Codex might be coming by the end of the year. What do you think about that? I am very, very, very happy. I am thrilled because Chaos was my first love. Um. Uh, what they've done with the corn demonkin certainly gives me hope. Um, they, yeah, the other codex was vastly uh, underpowered. Yeah, so it was, um, yeah, it was not. Yeah, chaos-based marines are not doing well. Uh, the rumor is that well, we're hearing two rumors: one that Zinch is going to follow um, Tau, um, and that um, Tau is the next sort of army to get its new codex, and then Zinch. But somewhere in there, there's these rumors keep coming up. That Codex Space Marine is going to get um, updated by the end of the year. Codex Space Marine. Oh, sorry. Uh, Chaos Space Marine. Chaos ah. Space Marine is going to be updated by the end of the year. Um, so let's hope. Yeah, yes, let's hope. A lot of people are waiting for that. I'm also excited for the Zinch team again. If it ha- if it's a similar to Corn, I'm mean, not similar in tactics, obviously, but similar to um, yeah. If they upgrade, if, if they upgrade, if they significantly because Zinch is, from my experience, the least powerful in terms of marines i'm not sure i haven't done a lot of looking into into his demon side i know he can bring out for demons he can bring out like a ton of psychers mm-hmm. so that's hopeful i'm hoping they improve the marine side of zinch though because in the chaos space marine books he's his mark is like the least useful for most units what does a mark of zinch convey uh it plus one it plays it conveys a plus one to your inborn save and if you don't have an inborn save it gives you a six plus inborn save which mm, is like okay i know it's not and it's like it's one of the most expensive it's probably the most expensive for on average oh, okay and it's yeah it's not worth unless you're like have like a four plus unless you're using a four plus sigil of corruption or something it's not worth it at all okay the one rumor I did hear about uh, Zinch was that it's possible there's going to be a sorcerer's conclave, like yes. there is a librarian conclave. Yes. So that means three sorcerers or more um, who know each other's spells and are able to manifest on a two-up. Oh, yes. I'm very excited for this. Though, I'm not sure how they're going to go with what direction they're going to go with this, because in the Space Marines, the librarians are the only... Um, psychers inside the well, codex space marines mm-hmm. so i wonder if it's just going to be sorcerers or whether it's going to be prophets of zinge or the wards of change maybe mm-hmm. i doubt it but i think they might i think the rumor is that it's araman 
or any or another three level three psyker can sort of has to be at the heart of the sorcerer's conclave. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would make sense. That seems logical, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so well, let's let's hope that happens. That's going to be a nice formation. Yeah. The the other rumor that is kind of exciting is the Horus Heresy uh, plastic um, kit that's going to come with the Horus Heresy board game. I think the rumors are that it's going to be called the Battle for Kalth. Yes. And it's going to be two armies, loyalists and traitors. In mm-hmm. I think Mark IV armor. There's already a bunch of pictures of the sprues that's been you know released online and all the all the usual sites. And then the rumor is that it might be a, a contempt or dreadnought in there. If so, now I'm tempted. Yeah. Okay. The cont- I love the look of the contempt or dreadnought. Super cool, but also kind of expensive if you have to order them from Forge World. Yeah. So if they're doing plastic models, it'll be far cheaper and far easier. At the very least, if they release a contempt or dreadnought, we'll probably just get one off of eBay or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> At the very least. <laughs> just buy them off in parts, just like yeah. Age of Sigmar. Yeah, just like the Age of Sigmar. Yeah, uh, good idea. Exactly. If you, if you don't want to collect 30K Space Marines, then yeah, you least, might you might get a contemptor yeah. from, the, from that kit. But but the value in that kit's supposedly uh, awesome. I mean, right now, GW's been releasing their, their um, board game kits or special uh, releases around $125 to $150. And someone did the math based on the sprues they saw and what the rumors are saying are going to be in that kit if you were to buy the same you know units from forge world and resin they would end up costing you over six hundred dollars so great value great value possibly a great a great value and people will be snapping them up unless they make this super expensive either super expensive or they do super limited edition like yeah. like they've done before, I think with Space Hulk and things like that, where they just run out really fast. Yeah, then then it will turn. In well, then everyone will be expensive. mad about that. Like I didn't get my you know my super deal from Forge World or from from Game Workshop because I wasn't up at like midnight yeah. on the release. But that that would be the entryway to 30k for a lot of people. This game is supposed to be a hex based game with its own set of rules that are similar, um, a little a slightly simplified version of 40k in the way they explain it, sort of 40K light, not Age of Sigmar, not like super simple, not like, you know, ridiculously simple, but just like more st- a streamlined way of playing. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Who knows? Who knows? Um, we're still in the Age of Sigmar, the summer of Sigmar. It just never ends. It never ends, <laughs> I'm man. just, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm Please tired. I, w- I want the constant rush of uh, GW's, you know. Warhammer uh, 40K. Exactly. Give I mean, us no, 40K. Again. No disrespect. To all our Age of Sigmar people out there. Who aren't listening to this podcast. Who probably aren't. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe they can even be a fan of both. You can be a fan of both. So I'm sure this is right. an exciting time for that. Right. And it really, it's, to be fair, it is kind of deserved at this point because there's been so much attention on on 40K yeah. before like Age of Sigmar. No, sure, sure. I so. mean, we, yeah, uh, the GW yeah. was mostly been paying attention to 40k and kind of ignoring fantasy for quite a while yeah Yeah. well would you i mean are you at all interested in playing age of sigmar it seems interesting i'm not i'm shaky on the um what are the the golden people Uh, the sigmarites the sigmarites the sigmarites those guys because they look very they look like clones of each other for the most part i know it's hard to distinguish but the same but the same can be said for like marines I guess so. Because it's so. like it's just with different armor pieces. So I guess it. I don't know. I'd have you can. Cu- I'm sure you can customize them. Yeah, however I'm, you please. I kind of like the look when they first came out, but now I'm kind of over them. Uh, I do love the. Um, I do love the 
corn models they've been they released in the box set yeah though oh, cool. I, I actually as i mentioned previously i do have uh 20 blood reavers that i'm using yeah then those for, are um for berserkers for berserkers yeah they're I've, just fantastic models alec who is my son does not like to paint and i being a good father has decided to paint <laughs> the corn blood reavers and they're kind of complicated they're a lot they're a lot harder to paint than space marines but they also are better models oh, and they, they look amazing they're amazing models i love the models. yeah i'm not done with them yet i've there's five of them that are like i would say 95 percent done just need basing and then the rest of them are like 75 percent done yeah they so they're just they're just taking up a long time indeed uh so on the on the hobby side mm-hmm. um you know what i just started uh yeah what the fire raptor oh so yeah, i got a forge wheel fire raptor fire raptor can't wait to bring that out just went through the process this week of cutting the resin away from the big blocks of resin. Yeah, those yeah. massive. <laughs> Sawing off pieces of resin. I ended up breaking the fuselage, that yeah. when, like the main part of the fuselage yeah. in half. Because Forge World, man. <laughs> well, it's resin. It, and it so makes your work yeah. for your I, I think I can. I think I can super glue <laughs> it back together because it broke off pretty evenly, so I don't think it's going to be an issue. All right. Um, and I think, it'll, I think it'll be fine. But um, if not, I, Forge World is supposed to be really good about being able to replace individual parts that break like that. So yeah, so we'll see. I, I think it'll be all right. But not only did I cut them off, but I also, you know, there's like a ton of little resin parts. I had to wash them all to take off all that, you know, residue. Yeah. So so that's where I am right now. I haven't actually started building it. All I've done is prep the resin. Yeah. Which is significant. It's, but that Forge World bag was sitting for like how long was that sitting I think there? I think I've had it like four or five months just sitting there untouched while I've been building and hobbying other things I really yeah. gotta catch up I have a mountain of plastic to get through yeah you kind of do right really, what do you, what do you want what do you want me to see uh, to work on next like of all the stuff that I have left well certainly the fire raptor because I can use that too oh yeah that's right as a renegade thing as a, yeah well no as um as space marine I or corn I, I could add that to a corn demon kin list oh, really yeah, because it's um, I'm fairly certain that you can add the yeah you can add, I think uh, Forge World did a statement where it's like yeah you can add uh, the Chaos Forge World models to Corn Demonkin. Oh wow! Well, that then I better not build it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Okay. Yeah. So it'll it'll be fun to have a Fire Raptor to play with. Okay. So that's the thing you want me to work on the most. Okay. We'll do. Anything? Anything else you want me to work on? I still have. I still have finished your blood reavers, and I still Araman on the table. I got yeah, uh, prep Araman because he might be used. Right. If Zinch comes if out, Zinch you'll comes him. out, then he will. Then I will abuse him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Force him to cast spells all the time. Nothing but spells. Okay. All right. So those are your priorities. Okay. Um, I'm currently working on some Tempestus Scions, another squad, but I don't know why. <laughs> those guys have sucked every time. We'll, I we'll, we'll, we'll get to his pessimism <laughs> yeah. on those guys later. <laughs> yeah. Eesh. Okay. So uh, now's the time to take a break. And when we come back, we'll be talking to Arthur Schultzke about his experiences in 40K. So I'm here with uh, Arthur Schulski, a friend of mine who plays a lot of Warhammer and, in fact, was the first guy I ever played Warhammer 40K with. Hi, Arthur. Hello. Hi, George. Hi. Thanks for joining us today. 
Oh, thanks for having me. Welcome to the Eye of Terror. Ooh, I'm scared. <laughs> you should be. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Arthur brings a unique perspective in that he's been playing Warhammer for a very long time. Um, in fact, when did you start? When, give us an overall history of your Warhammer experience. What got you into the hobby? How long you've been playing? What kind of armies do you play? That sort of thing. Well, I started when I was, you know, about 12, 13 years old. A uh, small town in Ohio. Uh-huh. A guy named Terry. Uh, he owned a store. Opened a store when I was a teenager, uh, and it was in 1999. And uh, you know, pretty typical store back then. You know, land gaming uh, shelves stocked with GW products. And this is kind of before you know big e-commerce platforms were a major player. Um, so you went to the store to buy your products, right? And uh, Terry and all of his military buddies, all Gulf War vets, uh-huh. were extremely competitive. Uh, loved to just beat down on preteens and early teenagers <laughs> all day with without remorse. Um, so that's kind of how I got started. Um, I started off by playing a um, little bit of Space Wolves, kind of bought the Space Wolves starter box. Uh-huh. Then I got, jumped right into Eldar. Uh, back when you could play Beel Tan, you know, Craft Worlds were a major component of the game. So I really got heavy into Beel Tan back in, this is third edition. And then started slowly building my um, Imperial Guard, you know, Katashin Force. Uh, from pretty much, you know, I was a poor kid, so started slowly. And then I played, you know, it wasn't too competitive, but, you know, you're just kind of learning the game and, you know, you're playing with other competitive people, so you just kind of love to win as you're going through it. Uh, so I think my first tournament was the end of third edition, a big league game. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so you know, we were playing as like 30 people. And, what, arm, what armor did you play in your first tournament? Eldar. Okay. Beeltan Eldar. Uh, Star cannons were three shots apiece. I always remember that. And just used to rip through Terminators like butter. (laughs) And, uh, you know, people used to hate playing Eldar. They still do. They still do. (laughs) But it's it's different. Eldar was, uh, um, well, compared to the 6th edition codex, Eldar in the 3rd edition was very versatile. I think 7th edition has kind of redeemed that factor a little bit, in my opinion. But then I kind of started to build my Imperial Guard more and more and more. And then towards the end of 4th edition, I had a nice maybe 3,000 points of Imperial Guard. Started using that mostly. 5th uh, edition, played mostly Imperial Guard. Uh, kept going on tournaments, more mostly regional tournaments. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll get, we'll get into the, your tournament experience in a sec. And then... Uh, uh, started reading the books a lot. I'd say end of fourth mm-hmm. edition really got into liter- the literature of the game. Uh, mostly Imperial Guard fluff. I'm I'm pretty much a, I was born to be a guard player. Uh, Eldar is like a you know side passion, but uh, uh, and then also Empire. I started playing Empire in like 2001. Uh, Empire was that like a, a okay? Was it a variant of fantasy or was it actually it was what, a fantasy? faction in fantasy? Oh, oh, got it. Right. Yeah, 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 Empire. Yeah. So. I hear you. Um, yep, started building that up, you know, just kind of the imperialist factions, you know, uh-huh. yep. and uh, guard and empire. And uh, yeah, just started doing that. And, and then, um, you know, I think in sixth edition, I really started getting into like national tournaments, kept playing guard. Uh, and then in seventh, you know, still compete nationally and try to play with guard. It's an uphill battle. 
Yeah, they're not they're not the most competitive in the current meta at the moment. No, but, um, but no, I played against your guard, and uh, you put together some mean mean lists. A lot of plasma, uh, and I've played your three vendetta uh, list, and that's not not pretty to play against. Yeah, that's you know they have very few tools. Um, I think you know as as the additions have kind of rolled rolled through since fifth mm-hmm. guard has just kind of lost some some uh, step and uh, you know it's like other armies you know Space Marines and Eldar and Talvages and Nakarons they just constantly have it you know they just right. are top top of their game right and it doesn't seem like GW you know uh, makes some of these old old codexes as viable in the tournament scene yeah we we talked a little bit before um before we turn on the mics uh about um does gw actually do anything to support is it is it supporting community play you know individual play or tournament play and and we we were pretty much unifying the opinion that they're not really don't care too much about tournament play at this point um right which is fun for me because i don't really go to a lot of tournaments or play in tournaments um so the idea to have this ultimate you know, sort of toolbox to choose, you know, as many detachment formations and, you know, sources to, for uh, army for fluffy purposes is, is pretty awesome. But I can imagine for tournament play, it's pretty horrible. Oh, yeah. I mean, overall, you can just see a major difference in Games Workshop just in general yeah. on all lines of the hobby from when I started. Right. Yeah. Uh, especially tournament play, you know, it used to be GW, you know, it was like one of the first couple pages in the white dwarf was the latest games day winner, you know, and the big sword that they used to ho- hoist. And when you're a little kid, you know, or a teenager, you just like dream of holding that sword. And I will hold that sword over my head victorious <laughs> over my enemies on the battlefield. Pretty much. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but I think, uh, you know, the community has done a really great job, you know, certain players in the community have done a really great job trying to keep the balance in the tournament scene, scene alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like ITC, for example, would yeah. be great. You know, Reese and those guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. And they've done a lot to balance it out. And, you know, when some rules need interpretation, they go to the community, they take votes and, you know, they come to consensus. Not everyone agrees, but, you know, at least they have rules that everyone knows in advance what they're going to be is that, you know, try to maintain a, a sense of balance in the game for something as standardized as a tournament. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, the, the biggest issue is that the speed of release, you know, a GW really pushing out these releases the last two years seem like kind of a constant counter to any progress the community made in, in, in making the game balanced. You know, every time they released a, you know, buy this special edition formation and, and right, you know, right. you get a special rule set. Yeah. How do you interpret that rule set? It shifts the meta and the uh, meta. there's a new balance of power based on the current hotness. Yeah. Which is fun. I mean, it adds a, a, a major dynamic constant yeah. change to the, the scene. But when you're looking at old school orc players, I know a lot of guys who yeah. are, you know, you go in their basement and see these orc collections and they're just breathtaking. But... But they're on shelves. They're not being they're shelves, placed yeah. because they're not competitive at all. Not competitive. And yeah. that's with guard. Yeah. I mean, Pask, you know, was, you could say, Pask or a blob uh-huh. were the quintessential meta, right? You couldn't see me do it, but I did the air quotes. You right. Know? Yeah. Do them close to the mic so yeah. people can see the air quotes. <laughs> but, 
you know, th- those were the just standard. You, that's what you would see. Right. You know, once sixth edition hit, that's what you'd see. Um, being an old school, you know, Katasha player, I've always tried to bring, I've, I've kind of taken on a challenge to bring this, you know, demo charges and flamethrowers <laughs> right, and heavy right. hitting, you know, you know, grunt units uh, to the games. But it's a constant uphill battle. You know, I always feel like every edition re- that gets released, I, you know, this, the, hill just gets steeper <laughs> but, it'll swing back i think at some point and there's a rumor actually like i was just reading bowls or one of the blogs uh that by the end of the year there might be a new astro militarum codex the what what uh, do you mean in pro guard yes I, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> no, yeah astro militarum yes yeah. Uh, you know Talking about- we'll see i you know uh i would like to see that i really would i really honestly like the uh, latest Astro Militarum Codex. Oh, me too. It me thought too. It was really well put together. Uh-huh. Then um, you and I haven't, I mean, most of our battles have been your guard versus my Space Marines, typically my Blood mm-hmm. Angels. Played new Necrons a few times. Yeah, I play yeah. I play my Necrons with you. But um, I actually play guard now, and you mm-hmm. inspired me to get guard because, frankly, your army was pretty cool and awesome, and it was uh, super tough to compete against and i love tanks so um i started building up a whole astro militarum or imperial mm-hmm. guard list uh because yours was so great and uh one day we're gonna have to go guard to guard my Acadians cool. versus your catagens it's not fair though why wait why oh really okay it's not it's not gonna be fair. we'll see we'll see we'll see who holds that sword triumphant <laughs> over the battlefield <laughs> We'll see. <laughs> the teacher versus the paddle one. <laughs> That's right. Oh, uh, I forgot. Who won our first game when we ever played together? You know, I think uh <laughs> I think there I think there needs to be some uh, additional data delivered here. All right. So so I, I mentioned in the first podcast of the Eye of Terror, uh the f- uh first game I ever played of Warhammer forty K was against Arthur and um I brought a Blood Angels list. Um, that actually was, uh, pretty mean at the time. Um, and, but it was, it was my first game and I, I was a little confused as to what was happening, what was going on. But, um, let's just say that during the game, um, things swung in my favor and I ended up tabling you <laughs> in my first ever game of 40 K. Well, you know, I think you're leaving some major components right. why out there. Why don't you explain <laughs> the context, if you can, to our audience? Well, I hadn't met George yet. Right. It was, uh, you know, one of those online forums and, you know, a game store, yeah. a local game store. And it was, uh, hey, me and my son are getting into the hobby. <laughs> Alex, would my, like to, my beard. You know, and, uh, you know, would like to, you know, play someone new. And I was like, okay, you know, I'll bring... I think, you know, this is how long ago? A couple of years ago? A couple of years ago. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I brought, you know, I, I like to play two ways. I play mm-hmm. either very competitive, uh, you know, I, people like to say I, I handicap myself because I try to play, I try to incorporate some sort of storyline in all my tournament lists, yep. which is a handicap. You know, you, yep. you don't get the serpent spam. I don't do that. I'll, yep. I'll field a built hand list, right? Lots of strength scorpions and stuff or, you know, with guard, you know, I don't blob it up. Right, I'll I'll use chimeras and vets and vendettas and certain things like that. But um, but you then know, you I, also play your super competitive list, which I've actually seen you play and yeah. and have lost to because they are indeed that super competitive. Yeah, uh, you know, 
we could talk for hours on the different types of play styles and players that you see yeah. at the tournaments and what to expect there. You know, uh, I definitely think that you know I try to bring some little bit of uniqueness to the modern 40k tournament scene. But I remember, I remember. So when, when you when we agreed to play, we we played at our local game mm-hmm. store Arrow in Santa Monica. And and I brought a fluff. You brought a you brought a, a yeah a self described fluffy. Fluffy, fluffy list that nonetheless. Contain a Lehman Russ battle tank, battle vanilla. tank. You just yeah, vanilla battle tank. Uh, let's see, you have line guard, unblobbed. That's right, unblob uh, guard. Uh, you did have a a Valkyrie or a Vendetta, I forget which. I think it was a Valkyrie. Full of veterans. Um, yeah, with flamethrowers. Right. With flamethrowers. Oh, that's right. That's right. You know, it was a, it was a typical like what you would see besides the flyer you know try to introduce that to new players right but, right and know. i think you said i'm going to try to bring a flyer a tank mm-hmm. a guardman basically expose you to different elements of the imperial guard list so that you know you kind of know next time how they play but it was like what we'd like to call a nice third edition uh-huh. line guard list right and it was like a knife through butter <laughs> well i brought okay so i brought uh, a librarian uh, like a level two librarian, uh, and then I brought um, two assault squads uh, that were um, at the time they were they were considered troops. This was fifth edition Blood Angels. Um, I brought a ball predator, right? And then I think I may have brought some Death Company. Oh, I brought Death Company, of yeah, course, in a, in, a, in a drop pod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't uh, think I. I think only I had missile launchers. That was my only heavy weapons. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Right. And uh, I remember the ball predator was going up the left flank and really harassing your, your guard. Um, yeah, I just had nothing. It was. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, my psyker used the blood lance back. Uh, this is an old, yep. um, you know, psyker spell that just knocked down your flyer and then, and then <laughs> killed, I think, most of the veterans. And then the assault squad jumped on yes. them and then killed the rest of them. Yep. Um, yeah. And then you had just bad luck with the dice. I remember you kept trying to kill my, my librarian with, um, like either last cannon guy or, or a sniper. And he just kept missing like the <laughs> all, all like the five rounds just kept missing. Well, you know, if I would have, uh, you know, known George <laughs> as beforehand, the sneaky bastard I am, <laughs> you know, I would have, uh, I would have brought the, the pain train the yeah. first round, but you know, but that was my first, that was my yeah. first, literally it was my first game. So you had to experience guard and see, yeah. it was a fun name. I had done some research. Uh, I remember you were surprised when I, when I announced my arm list, you're like, Oh, that's actually sounds like a pretty good list. <laughs> <laughs> but I had done research about what was it, some of a pretty effective combination. So I, I didn't come in like, Oh, I don't know what to do. I came in like I'm hoping this works. I've never played before. Let's just see what happens. Not typical noobs. No the typical noobs. You no. get like a typical one unit, one unit, one unit. Everything's kind of just yeah. sporadic. No. Hey, no. this is what I own. And I had a few. No, well, I, I built the list with a few force multipliers in mind. So mm-hmm. yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, you took it easy on me, and you let me win uh, that first game, and that of course got me super excited about playing again and mm-hmm. playing this game. I think I, I think I played Reed and his Blood Angels, and that may have oh, been yeah. my next game. And then we ended up having to call the game after like turn four, and it was pretty even. Um, and so that game, I felt like, oh, okay, that's really good. And then I played somebody else again, and then I lost my butt like 
badly in that game. And so that was like my first big loss. So I thought it was like some sort of Warhammer genius after, after the first two games. And then, and then reality set, you know, hits and then you're like, oh, yeah, uh, people who play well actually know what they're doing. Well, you know, before I go to these tournaments, I, I, I love playing, you know, George, because, you know, you know, it's always carnage. It's just blood. It is. And it's, it's in your face. And it's, it's ugly. Yeah. We, we've played George games. Doesn't hold very, back. Yeah. I don't hold back and you don't hold back. And there's very few models left on the table at the, uh, at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right. So, um, I want to, I want to hint at what we're going to get to in a second, because we're going to talk about the kill team game we just played. Mm-hmm. All right. But, uh, but first I want to ask about tournament play. You mentioned all the tournaments you've done. How many tournaments have you been to? You think? Mm. I've been to like half a dozen national uh-huh. uh, team. I, I love the team tournament. Uh-huh. Uh, How does the team tournament work? Usually four guys, and you just kind of rotate playing with one another. So two v two. Okay. And I just uh, just love it. It's usually a great time. People are there to have fun, and I mean, I also very competitive. But you know, there's a there's a uh, kind of a camaraderie and a, a, a you know team focus you know mm-hmm. strategy that you got to have and i got a couple guys that i just we just constantly play together and you know, that's cool so we so, always do pretty well but then i also play like the solo tournaments and uh-huh. i say uh you always try to hit depticon that's like probably my favorite every year in chicago uh-huh. i'm from I'm midwest originally right but uh yeah no i i lots of regional tournaments i couldn't even tell you but back when, like, especially back when rogue, rogue traders were were very popular, mm-hmm. you know, back then. So just, I don't even know. Couldn't you know, twenty some. You been to Nova? Been to Nova. Okay, you been to Depticon. Um, ever been to LVO? Been to Du Bois. I've been Las to, Vegas Open or the Bay. I've area. never been to LVO. Okay, I, I'm, I'm, I just I'm new to the West Coast. To be completely honest, I yeah. think uh, the West Coast style of game was always a little different than the East Coast. Style. So let's talk about that. What? Uh, how, how do you see West Coast being different from East Coast or Midwest? I would say it's completely dissolved now. I think nationally it's pretty much the same all around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ba- I'm talking like you're looking back in fourth, fifth edition. You know, uh, West Coast was really the first, you know, type that brought Forge World into tournament play. Mm-hmm. I think I think it was LVO or uh, BA, you know, Barry Open that were the first ones to really bring Forge World into. A, mm-hmm. I think this was the first year that Adepticon actually let Forge World in to mm-hmm. the tournament. So, just overall, a lot of changes. Uh, it used to be pretty. Uh, every tournament was a lot different in the layout. Uh, but now they're starting to all look kind of the same. Similar, yeah. I yeah. think the Michigan GT this year looked really different mm-hmm. than anything I'd ever seen. Like no source limits, certain oh, things wow. like that, which okay. you know definitely adds a different thing. I, you know, I've seen people with six source <laughs> lists, six source lists yeah. which don't necessarily they're not very story driven, but you right. know they're very competitive. So right. Right. adds a different dynamic. So I think you know the East Coast West Coast uh, definitely has had a uh, a, a big differences in the development, and I think overall across the country, you're seeing this. The West Coast style has become commonplace. Mm-hmm. You know, almost all tournaments are allowing Forge World now. And do you think that's the influence of and popularity of the ITC? Oh yeah, I mean, I, I think a big part of it plays that you know GW you know, doesn't really necessarily support the tournament scene. So because it's so community driven, mm-hmm. it just 
kind of had to kind of morph into who's the most organized, you know, uh, group of people that want to put together a balanced system. And that was ITC, right? Yeah. So Reese, Reese and Frankie, and they're constantly adapting mm-hmm. to the new rules changes, the new units that are coming out. I think they've done a great job of, you know, creating a rule set that people seem to find both fun and playable in tournaments. I mean, you know, I'm not one to complain about people's hard work, you know, and I, and I definitely see the, you know, I I love tournament play, but I also like story driven play. And I just, I I do like the, uh, effort that's gone into like the ITC and just these tournaments in general. I just, you know, I just think it really goes to show the, the caliber of people that run these tournaments, how much effort goes into, you know, planning these things, you know, Adepticon had their own card that the decks for their first maelstrom, you know, uh, uh, you know, aspect of the tournament. And yeah. I mean, it, it was great. You know, it was a lot of fun. I, you know, I was a little, uh, probably kind of that old man bias against, against <laughs> the maelstrom, maelstrom yeah. when it first came out, but you know, you adapt and you learn that, Hey, this is actually not bad if you can adapt your army to it, you know, like, mm-hmm. right. It's, it's, uh, you know, pure guard line guard is, is almost impossible now. Like yeah. you, you can't, you can't play Maelstrom with that style. That's a dead, you know, it's just like disco, <laughs> but you know, uh, I think, uh, I think the game's changed for the better in ways and then also worse in the ways. Uh, but you know, I am a big fan of the ITC and, you know, I, I actually I, I we did a tournament a couple months ago where we used the Bay Area Open rules, mm-hmm. and I thought that was a lot of fun. You know, like the roll six sided die and kind of determines your objectives for the turn. Uh-huh. So it kind right, of has right. like a maelstrom component to it. Yep. I thought that was kind of took some of the there's random elements to it, but it took the you know like the card that says force a unit to go to ground. You know, it takes that. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> Yeah, especially when you're playing Space Marines or something, right? right? It's, yeah, good luck. So a lot of good changes, a lot of negative changes too, but I don't know if that is on the side of the community, probably more on the side of public company that oversees the game. So, you know, it's... Well, they're, they're, they're a company and they're trying to make a buck, you know? Oh, yeah. And, and we want them to, of course, be profitable, continue making the thing we love to make mm-hmm. or love to play. So uh, I think it's up to us to have fun with the rules and the models that they issue. Totally agree. Not complain too, too much, you know, because they constantly make it and hope they stay in business forever because this is something that you've been playing since what, 1999? Yeah. Yeah, and I've been playing for the last two years, but I'm totally into it, as you can tell. I have gotten completely into the hobby. So what do you, what, what part of the, of the hobby do you enjoy the most? You know, I think... Uh, you know, when I when I first got into it, uh-huh. you know, it was the uh, just the tactics, the play style, and the game. And I was a big chess kid, right? And yep. just that aspect of the game just launched me into it. Uh, and, and I haven't pretty much haven't stopped running ever since. You know, and then I got really into the fluff. And I think the and the story the storyline, you know, fantasy in 40k, just so strong, powerful. Uh, dark kind of sinister world where everyone everyone's you know who's your who your allies and right everyone's compromised yeah. everyone no one's good really no one's really good yeah it's all about survival well i'm good right i play good armies uh, me too i play i play <laughs> blood angels 
Yep, they're the good guys. <laughs> Which inquisitor are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which Ordos? Uh, okay, well that's good. So let's talk a little bit about the game we just had. We just we just mm-hmm. played a two hundred point oh, uh, guilting game. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was good. <laughs> no, so it was, it was really good. Um, we played on a table that's around a three foot diameter table. We, I didn't set up the whole, you know, four by four that I usually set up. And then we put a bunch of terrain, a bunch of buildings. Um, we had kind of a central plaza with a statue in the middle, um, and the statue was the objective. Um, both armies were whoever whoever held the objective at the end of the game um, would win the game. Um, so t- why don't you talk about your army list? Well, I, you know, like I said, I kind of always try to add some story, you know, to the game, right? And so I brought a as traditional of a Katashin list as I could, right? I demo charge, plasma guns, snipers, uh, you know, vets, a lot of vets. Three, uh, you have a unit of vets with three plasma guns in that. Yeah, it's not that every, fluffy. For every person with a melt a gun, I mean, uh, a melt a bomb, sorry. And then, uh, you know, Couple sniper rattling snipers and yeah. everyone with camo cloaks, you know, running through the jungle. Yeah, it was a tough list. I actually saw it. And it was I went, a good oh, list. It was going to be tough. A I, missile launcher. And let's launcher. not let's not forget the missile launcher. The missile launcher that, that ignore, ignore cover. cover. Ignore cover. Yeah. Oh my god. Toughness yeah. three, two wounds. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I brought Necrons. <laughs> I brought um, I brought a, a a unit of warriors. That's ten Necrons. And then, so uh, mean and kill team. <laughs> They're very so good. Mean. Toughness four, ballistic skill, weapon skill four, strength four. Five up reanimation. Five up reanimation. Yeah, really tough to kill. And the the goss that's gonna basically do damage to everything. Um strength four weapon. it's yeah, it's tough. And then it's, the probably the cheesiest kill team unit in the no, game. No, no, no. It was just strategic. It was they were great. Uh, I brought three tomb blades. Uh <laughs> two of them with uh, nebula scopes, shield veins, which gave them three up armor save. And uh, they were armed with uh, the particle beamers, yep. which are heavy one uh, blasts, strength six, AP five. Strength weapons. six. I thought they were strength five or nah, four. they were yeah. strength six. Yep. Yeah, yeah. They wound up. With these. ignore cover. With ignore. Oh, yeah. They had nebula scopes, so mm-hmm. they ignored cover. Uh, and then my uh, my warlord was rocking his twin uh, particle cannon. What did he have? No, he had a, a twin link Tesla cannon. Yeah, another. That's a strength uh, six, AP dash uh, Tesla weapon. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then I got lucky. Great list. I, uh, it turned out to be a great list. Uh, my warlord trade allowed me to take five of the warriors and allow them to outflank, which I think was key. That was pretty much the key to it. Anytime to Necrons can outmaneuver you, <laughs> it's just yeah. a bad day. <laughs> yeah. The first thing I went after uh, in turn one, I, I, I got to choose sides and I got to deploy first and I got to go first. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I went after was your missile launcher with ignores cover. Which I thought would stand one turn of barrage yeah. with the two wounds. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. But that one, it had uh, three tomb blades going after it. Yeah. Yeah. That was tough. Yeah. That was, that was, that was right at, right off the back. So that was hard at my fault. I should have, you know, asked more questions. Right. But, um, uh, you know, it is what it is. George yeah. George saw the opening and took it. I took it. He took it. That's what he does. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm ruthless. He's ruthless. Completely ruthless. <laughs> and the Necrons are unemotional. They just do what needs to get done. Like cold-hearted machines. Is there... Are you trying to uh, oh. say a comparison? <laughs> <laughs> Why I play Necrons? Yes. 
<laughs> an aspect of my personality. Uh, yeah. So no, I think, I mean, that, that to me was the biggest threat and ignore cover, you know, missile launcher was, was had to go. So yeah. that's the first order of business. So I target priority is always important in the game. So that was my first, my first thing. And then, um, you got some then, lucky shots with taking out a couple snipers and yep. some guardsmen right away. Yeah, I think I, I think it reduced your, uh, your. I got rid of the missile launch and I got rid of a couple more guys. I, I think, think I one of them with a, one with a plasma uh, rifle right at the beginning. So I was yeah. down a good eighty five points. Yeah, after after, after my, turn one. After turn one, yeah, Ooh, that's <laughs> tough. <laughs> Yeah. And then let's not talk. Let's you know, I you know, I had a nice rebuttal. Oh, you did. Yeah, you came back strong. I you took came. out a tomb blade. You took out a tomb blade. Yeah, yeah with plasma. Yeah, that's right. Which normally kill team would be good. Yeah, that would be okay for turn one. Right. Yeah. But then you outflanked. Yeah, all and, your necrons, and they appeared right where your warlord was. Uh, and so you had three Necrons suddenly appeared right like six inches away from your warlord and they went into rapid fire mode and killed him. Yep. And plasma guy. Yeah. And plasma guy. So I was probably down 130, (laughs) no, maybe even 140 points. Right. (laughs) And then it became kind of a game of attrition. You got, you charged my tomb blades, uh, one of my tomb blades and then, um, snipers on both sides were just sort of picking at each other, trying to knock each other off. And we like had just bad dice for the most part. And the turning point, which could have turned is you salted one of your tomb blades into one of my plasma gun guys Mm -hmm. and he wasted them. Yeah. Which was big. Yeah. That was a big moment because I thought that could have totally turned everything around for you. And then my demo charge guy outflanked. Right? Yeah. Because he was a, yep. uh, what's it called? Uh, specialist. Yep. And he, he threw his missed. Demo. Yeah. He threw his demo charge and he, he killed one of the three Necrons that were oh, attacking your flank. Um, yeah. That was a large blast that just missed for the most part. Um, Not lucky for, team. Lucky for me. Yeah, um, and then uh, there were, and then you killed one of the remaining Necrons in that group. So I was down the one Necron, and then um, he charged into your demo guy, and then they just stayed locked in assault. <laughs> and then what I think what ended up happening was that you had some snipers on the field. Um, we had bodies in assault. My one of my tomb blades was assaulting one of your Lasgun guys. Uh, your demo guy was assaulting one of my Necrons. It was tied up. I, I ran a couple of Necrons right up the middle, and uh, they took the objective, and they just sat there um, taking pot shots while everyone was kind of locked in combat or mm-hmm. keeping their head, you know, away from sniper fire. And the game ended on turn five. It was perfectly played by George. <laughs> Well, I don't know about perfectly, but it was perfect. But it was fun. I mean, I mean, and that's the thing about Warhammer is that you find these variations. Whenever we stray a little bit from the you know strict codex missions or rules, and we inject our own parts of it, whether it's playing a variant like Kill Team or adding fun, fluffy rules, objectives, or characters in it, it just makes the game a lot more interesting and fun. We start telling narratives. Um, and in this in this instance, it was really fun to play Kill Team because we we did it in an hour. We got our, sort of a little Warhammer um, itch scratched, um, right? And we were able to tell little little stories about you know the Necrons versus the Kadashans, and we had little stories about each of the characters because you care more about the characters when you play Kill Team. Yeah, Kill Team has really kind of brought me back mm-hmm. to like an old 
kind of my old feeling I had when I first started third edition. The, I don't want to say simplicity of it, but the the realness of the battlefield, right? Yeah. You know, the actual like heavy tactics used in each each unit and each model, you know, very important. Positioning matters. Right. Movement matters. It's not strictly a list you bring. Yeah. Oh, well, we should have explained at the top of the this this part of it was the general rules of kill team. Um, no HQs. I think uh, zero to one troops, zero to one elites, and zero to one fast zero attack. Zero to two troops. Oh, zero to two troops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, right. So you zero. don't even need to bring troops. Right. That's right. Bring a whole elite squad. Elite or fast attack. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing more with than I think thirty two armor or something. Oh yeah, from three nope. sides. Yeah, from three sides. So thirty-three that, armor. Thirty-three armor. So that means so a no, rhino. No, yeah, a rhino or a chimera mm-hmm. tops. Maybe a sentinel on the guard side. Thirty-two or thirty-three. You can't. You can't bring dreadnoughts. No. No better than two plus armor. Yep, and no more than two wounds on a character. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and make the best list you can. Two hundred points. Two hundred points. And every model is his own unit. Yeah. So they can. Shoot, every model can shoot at. You know, a different target. It's heavy. T- it's heavily tactical. You know, you could bring a lot of different lists and be competitive. And you're not really dealing with mega powerhouse units. You're not dealing with stars, right? And, you know, uh, right. super friends, <laughs> right? You're, you know, a guardsman can be competitive, right? right? He can make a he can make a difference. If a librarian casts invisibility, he's going to cast it on one guy. Right. So it kind of like, you know, a lot of the stuff that you rely on in like being super competitive just doesn't apply in Kill Team. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a great quick game. It's a palate cleanser. It really is. Yeah. No, I, I enjoy it. And I, I've played with my son, Alec, uh, on a couple of occasions. And uh, it's just a great way to just get your a quick Warhammer game in fast and still enjoy it. And, you know, sort of like the best parts of it. Don't get me wrong. I like the epicness of having giant armies on the field. Oh, I love it. Apocalypse. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, that's one thing we gotta do. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta have full on apocalypse game one day. We do. Yeah. Let's, oh man, you want to? I got the Air Force. All right. Oh, the apocalypse. All right. Air Force. Bring the Air Force. Um. Um. I. You know. I got all the assault units, but um, and tanks. I got tanks. Got yeah. lots of tanks. All right. Maybe cool. we'll go to next gen games or Arrow and get a table there and go at it. That'd be great. Okay, we'll organize that. All right, Apocalypse. Maybe we'll get a few other guys. Or yeah, I think you need a few other guys. Other guys that to, uh, five thousand points at army. Well, you know the, the best part <laughs> is, uh, uh, what is it called? One of my favorite uh, things I ever done was a thing called Whiskey Apocalypse. <laughs> okay, describe that. Well, whiskey. You know, you're talking about variants of Warhammer, right? Uh-huh. And if you're open to variants of Warhammer, which I, I am, and even open to an, whiskey. Even as an old man in Warhammer world, I am open to, to new variants of Warhammer. And, you know, especially when whiskey's involved. But if you achieve a certain objective or kill a unit, you have to do a shot. Oh, God. A whiskey. And, you know, over a course of a round, you know, right. so within reason, right? You're right. not having to do 20 shots in a round, but, you know, you do a couple, like one or two shots in a round. Right. And you just go at it. You know, Apocalypse usually rarely lasts past turn four. And we uh, we played. There was probably a group of um, sixteen gentlemen that were drinking heavily, 
and playing Warhammer Apocalypse. And it got so bad that later in like turn four, people started asking if they could bring back units by taking shots <laughs> of whiskey. And so people, and you know, the, the, the I guess what you call them, uh, not a dungeon master, but the yeah. overseer, uh-huh. right, of the game said, yeah, sure, why not? Oh, God. <laughs> so this one, this one kid lost his entire uh, Imperial Guard tank brigade, probably... 25 Lehman Rust tanks from one one blast from a, I think it was a Revenant Titan. Uh-huh. Okay, and so he's like, "Well, can I bring back my entire Imperial Guard tank brigade?" And the judge said, "Well, I don't know." He said, well, "I'll drink the rest of that bottle." Oh my god! So he drank the rest That's of this bottle idea. of whiskey to bring back his tank brigade and lined it up right on my table, like right on the table that I was fighting. And I said, well, I just, I had just cleared this side from chaos and now I have this renegade pro guard, like turn four. So it, it, it spiraled out of control after that. <laughs> well, uh, I guess we'll have to, we'll have to find out one day. Uh, play whiskey, uh, Warhammer. Was it whiskey? Hammer? Whiskey's optional, but whiskey hammer. Yeah. yeah. Whiskey hammer. All right. Well, uh, we'll end on we'll end on an up note there, um, Arthur. I want to thank you for uh, being a guest today and uh, sharing your views on on the game and all that stuff. And uh, you're going to be a, a continuing uh, guest and correspondent on the Eye of Terror. If you're okay with that, I would love to. I'm honored. Okay. All right. Well, great. Thanks a lot, and uh, I'm sure I'll see you across the table. Yes, I look forward to it. Okay, and we're back, and we're going to talk about the battle we had today. It was Astra Militarum versus the Necrons, 1850. Indeed. Big Labor Day battle royale. Or kind of Labor Day battle royale. Well, it's a Sunday. It's the day before Labor Day the battle day royale. <laughs> the day before Labor Day. All right, we, we played on a 4x4 board, um, a lot of mixed terrain, a lot of buildings all uh, throughout. Had a sort of militarized section and had a but most of it was like buildings and cathedrals so you know so i ended up choosing sides i ended up deploying first i ended up going first indeed i had okay so let's go let's talk about my list um i had a a priest and a level one psyker yes okay uh my um my hq units were a company command squad okay uh with an auto cannon in there and a sniper uh, but my warlord was tank commander Pask in a Punisher, right? Oh, uh, heavy bolt response ons. Such, such, such a ridiculous. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's, a, he's great. And then uh, his uh, tank squadron mate was the plasma executioner with plasma response ons. Um, my elites were a squad of Tempestus Scions. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Uh, and then my troops choices were an infantry platoon, two infantry platoons, uh, and um, I, mean, I mean two infantry squads in a platoon. They were each armed. Each ten man squad was armed with uh, six las guns, one auto cannon team, and a and a flamer. Indeed, yes. Right, and then uh, my platoon command squad just had las guns. Uh, let's see, my I had a. Uh, I had veterans and a chimera with three plasma guns. Yes. 
Okay, I had two armored sentinels with plasma cannons. Uh-huh. Okay, and, and uh, I also had a hellhound uh, with that torrent inferno cannon. Yes, nasty. I love that thing. And then um, finally, I had uh, a wyvern. Oh, yes. Okay, and uh, the, star of the, the star of my show, uh, a knight errant with the thermal cannon and the reaper chainsword. Yes, that was um, eventful. Eventful, it was. It was. <laughs> okay, go over your list. Okay, I had a Decurion detachment for the Necrons. Yep. In the Reclamation Legion, we had um, I had a squad of five Immortals with Goss Blasters, Lich Guard with Hyperphase Swords and Dispersion Shields, and inside a Night Scythe, they were accompanying the Overlord with a Gauntlet of Fire, Phase Shifter, Phylactery, Night the Nightmare Shroud, which gives them a two plus armor save. Uh, let's see the War Scythe. Let's I had a squad of three Tomb Blades, all with Negoscopes and Particle Beamers and Shield Veins. Um, uh, two squads of ten Necron Warriors, one inside a Ghost Arc. Uh, that's it for the Reclamation Legion. Now, the Canopic Harvest had a single Canopic Spider, f a group of five Scarabs, and six Wraiths, all with Whip Coils. Ooh, that means they strike at initiative five. Very, very strength nasty. six, toughness five. Very Tough. nasty pieces. Super of work. nasty, super nasty. And yes, uh, and you have some scarabs. Oh yes, I had some scarabs. I yeah. also had a squad of flayed ones. Oh yeah, the flayed <laughs> ones. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I also took unusual the Satan shard of the Nightbringer. Oh yeah, yeah. So I converted um. A, a wraith, a fantasy uh, sort of wraith. From the Vampire Counts, I believe. Yeah, from the Vampire Counts army. I saw it at the Warhammer store, and I um, I snapped one up, uh, knowing that I wanted to turn it into a Satan. So I put it onto um, a base of, like, high-tech sort of looking metal base. Yeah, with um, a... You know, I'm sure you'll post a picture of it at some point. Yeah, and then and yeah, and then um, it's um, I made the the scythe sort of glow necron green with that green energy. Oh yeah, yeah. So it, it looks like a satan, but like a like yeah, a like a, like a, like a deadly one. So it's kind of it's good for the nightbringer. It's good as a counts as nightbringer satan. It, it yeah, well, and it's not as the night the other nightbringer satan looks a bit artsy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> artsy. <laughs> this guy looks mean. This guy just looks like very unpleasant. He's bringing the death. So, okay. Um, so I had a, a, a list that was um, going to be shooting a lot of plasma, a lot of, you know, high strength weapons at you yeah. at the night coming at you. And the Necrons are known as being very resilient. So it was uh, it was strength versus endurance in the this in this matchup. The endurance showed. It sure did. So uh, basically, so a lot of things did not go my way. First off, yes, I, I did get first blood because I I killed your flay ones. I kill you. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the flay one. ones didn't do anything. They died first turn. They were just shot to death by everything. Yeah, by my by my Punisher cannon Punisher and Punisher. the executioner and um, uh, the guardman. But uh, I really I just rolled terribly. I yeah. rolled terribly. <laughs> It, w it wasn't that, I mean, uh, when I needed my shots to hit, they didn't. When I needed them to wound, they didn't. Um, and then whenever I got any wounds through, you constantly made oh, yes. your uh, reanimation protocols and armor saves. Oh, yes. The 
the I it's essential. It's essential to play the decurion attachment with Necrons cuz they are just they get essentially free upgrades. Mm. Free upgrades for very you still get very good units, units you probably would have taken anyway. Right. And you just get free upgrades for everyone. Just Giving the whole army four up reanimation protocols is mad. Yeah, whoever has reanimation protocols suddenly goes to four up is amazing. It's madness. Right. Um, and then you played, uh, you had your warlord with the Lich Guard. Oh, yeah. See, and at a key moment, we were playing um, the Eternal, Eternal Wars. Two objectives, one on either side, my, one on my side, one on his. Uh, it was Eternal War, Emperor's Will. Emperor's, yeah, Emperor's Will. Will is the name of the of the mission. And then uh, I had one objective on my side. You had one objective on your side. Both were three points. Besides that, it was fairly standard. Line Breaker. Uh, Slay the, the first, Warlord. Slay the Warlord, First Blood. First Blood, yeah. The, so so he, you set up your mortals guarding on top of a bastion guarding your objective. Oh, and yeah. then I had mine on top of a building, but just by itself. Yeah, just by... And I was baffled by this move. But baffled. you saw what I eventually did. I, I figured you were going to put something fast on it. I ended up hovering my vendetta. Oh, I had a vendetta. Yeah, he had it. And he ended up hovering. Yeah. I ended up hovering and then securing that objective for a while. Yeah. Yeah. For a while. <laughs> so, the, the, look, what finally happened is... Um, the Vendetta went down after a hail of Goss fire. Yeah, Goss, Goss worked amazingly well. Yeah. It, it brought down my knight. It brought down my Vendetta. It um, it was super effective when you... Especially when they got into rapid fire mode. Oh, yes. It was just... You, there were enough sixes coming up on the two wounds to basically take down anything and everything. So um, my knight went down through a combination. But basically it was all Goss that killed my knight. Yeah, it was, it was mostly Goss. I think there were some the uh, knights I fired a little bit with its Tesla. That may have caused one whole point. But, I mean, the rest of it was Goss. Goss but, from your warriors, yeah. Goss from your ghost arc, Goss, Goss from your immortals. Yeah. 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 So no, There was a little bit of... Yeah, no, no, no. No, you're right. It was just Yeah, just Goss. I only got one whole point stripped by the, by the knight's eye. Yeah, it was all Goss. So the combination of Goss that can wound anything in the game and the four-up reanimation protocols is is a deadly combination. Dead. Why wouldn't you always take a decurion attachment when, yeah, you, play, when you play Necrons? Because it just makes your army inf- it's, just amazingly tougher. Yeah, it's super hard. Super hard. It's a better feel-no-pain. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's how do you get better than feel you okay? Constantly roll uh, your four ups on that reanimation protocol, and it just oh, killed me. No matter how much damage I could do, and I could, I was doing a ton of shots out there. Yeah, he had, the pun- a Punisher with Task is nothing to joke about. No, because it's <laughs> the Punisher with Task is twenty uh, strength five shots coming at you. Uh, actually, and with with heavy bolts response ons and the front heavy bolters, that's twenty nine. Shots coming at you. Yeah. I had a I had a psyker which occasionally I remember to use, <laughs> which twin linked them, right? And then he had ridiculous. old grudges, which means that on, on one, one automatically I got to re-roll. So yeah. So so yeah. So I was getting a lot of hits in. Problem is that they were just bouncing off the Necrons, either three up armor or they were uh, they were bouncing off, or you had a reanimation protocol that brought brought them back up. Yeah, they did do significant damage to the wraiths though. Uh yeah, his rates he he charges rates. I mean, and they're super scary. They they're five attacks each on the charge with, with, the, with the whip coils. Monsters. Yeah, so I I try to get uh, kill them as much as I possibly could before they they reach my blob of guardsmen and and pass, and I ended up killing three of them, which helped. 
but ultimately they were still able to kill um get, they, get kill Pask. They were able to kill the they killed Pask, they killed the psyker, they killed the priest, yeah. and they killed the few sergeants. Yeah. So let's talk about the Satan. The Satan did S- better than I thought. So you know what? The Pirates of Zatan was really fun to play against yeah. and with. Be- Some people don't like it. I understand if you don't like it. Yeah, it's not competitive because you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, you don't you know. It's it. not, it's not a, he's not a competitive unit. He's a fun unit, though. Oh, totally. Because you don't know what the Pirates of Zatan is going to manifest, whether it's like a super precise, you know, high strength shot that's going to super kill a guy. <laughs> that's going to super kill one man. <laughs> one, squad. Yeah, exactly. Or if it's going to be a massive, lower strength. Rain of fire. Rain of fire. On your on the tank, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is not not going to be helpful. But he, but in this case, um, did, the roles were with me in this situation. Yeah, you you were really smart. You used the power of the Satan and then his he, death gaze to whittle oh. down the guard, which I had I had bubble wrapped around my tanks. So you whittle down the guard, and then in combination with the rates, you, that allowed the rates to basically find the opening to assault. Though we can't give the soul credit to the Satan, though he did provide a lot of fire it was the tomb blades who also provided additional strength six ap5 ignores cover blasts yeah tomb blades they did a lot of work in this in this game they did they ended up getting killed they got killed but they did their job very well yeah i would say the satan the satan did more ultimately yeah so what would you say your mvp was of the game oh that's a tough choice um I would have to go with ultimately the Lich Guard Death Star because it won me the game essentially. Yep. Because it's timely arrival alongside. It, it, yeah, without. I, had, I got Strategic Genius on my Warlord traits. Without that, it wouldn't have shown up. So glad that was right. good rolling. Um, and it essentially allowed me. It, it refocused all of his fire onto that squad, which. Killed one met one witch guard. Yeah, one guy in the in the fifth round. He was gonna. I was holding on to an objective with a hovering vendetta. He was six inches away, so he was gonna be able to move on to it and contest it. Um, I needed to try and kill that Death Star, so I basically positioned my entire remaining army and shot at the Death Star. And it that was a wyvern, two armored sentinels, a chimera, uh, a hellhound. Um, an auto cannon, the the command squad that had the auto cannon and a sniper in it, yeah. and then finally, Pask and a Punisher, and oh pa- yeah, Pask and Punisher and the uh, executioner with the plasma spontons. Yeah, they all shot at the Overlord and his four Lich Guard. No, his five Lich Guard, and, and I ended up killing one Lich Guard. It was madness. He kept making his. Um, armor saves and he kept making his reanimation protocols and the invuln save it was yeah. it was insane it, it was, was insane. insane it was just still like it, you they couldn't just, get through these guys yeah. this is the second time that I have dealt with this stupid lich card yeah. <laughs> overlord combination it's he's not they're, yeah they're uh, essentially an immovable rock I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna have Dante or Mephiston take him on even then yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know. I can't call that one because I don't know. It's Dante and the and uh, the Sanguinary Guard. I'm not sure how they would do. To yeah. be perfectly honest, 
Okay. Well, we'll, 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 we'll have to do we'll a matchup. We'll have to try that we'll at do some a point. Yeah. Because yeah. right then, against guard, <laughs> they're really effective. So, uh, needless to say, Alec won uh, in yeah. turn six. I, I conceded in turn six. After I was unable to kill a Death Star, I didn't see any possible way to win. And ah, Alec won. So that was the second game you won this weekend. Uh, alongside. Alongside a little X-Wing. Yes, indeed. We played a little X-Wing on Friday. It was yeah. Force Friday. Force Friday. That was Hope good. you got your Star Wars toys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hope um, you got your BB-8. Um, yeah. So we ended up playing uh, X-Wing. Uh, I took uh, four Bs, four B-Wings, uh, and a Z-95. I'm always Rebels. You're always Rebels. I'm always the good guys. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Uh, and I'm always Imperials, and I took a Decimator. Uh, oh, also we should clarify, this is a Fantasy Flights game for um, Star Wars, in case you don't Yeah, know. if you guys don't know what X-Wing if, is. If you, I, we it's, highly recommend it. Uh, Star Wars-based miniature dogfighting game. Uh, I'm sure you guys have seen it out there, but if you haven't, uh, you need to check it out. Yeah. There's a new version that's coming out imminently that has been painted to reflect The Force Awakens, the ships, the way they look in The Force Awakens with the white sort of TIE fighters. They look awesome. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So, so Alec always plays uh, the Imperials, yeah. and I always play the Rebels. Uh, and you took a Decimator, you took Howl Runner, and you took Dark Curse. Which are two um, TIE, TIE fighter, fighter pilots. Two TIE Fighter pilots. And um, I took the four B-Wings, just stock. Yeah, and stock. then Z. No upgrades. Yeah. Um, yeah. You won again. I you won, won again. again. I, 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 you, had, you flew excellently. You, you always positioned Howl Runner right next to Decimator, so you were able to re-roll uh, one of your uh, damage dice. And um, I flew poorly, and I made some bad choices, but I also had terrible dice. <laughs> I could not. I, Always blaming it on the dice. <laughs> it's not my strategy. My strategy is excellent. Yes. <laughs> my list building is perfect. It's just that it's a game of dice, and it's unfair. <laughs> no, it's, no you, you flew really well. You had a strong list, and um, I, I couldn't take it down. So, so congratulations, Alec, on being... Victorious twice over this weekend. I have to reconsider whether I even want to play any more games. <laughs> the conquest of Alexander the Great. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, uh, that wraps things up. Yep. Uh, thank you for joining us on this week's episode of The Eye of Terror. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, we'd love for you to subscribe on iTunes. Uh, if you do, please uh, rate us and uh, leave a comment. Uh, if you have anything you want to share with us, please write us an email. We are at the Eye of Terror Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. So, with that, I'm George. And I'm Alec. And uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. 